Hello and welcome to Funny Business, a podcast for free thinkers. I'm Robbie Hicks. And I'm Lockie Bradford. And on today's podcast, we have Big Bad Dylan Buckley. Uh, you might be familiar with his work on the footy field, uh, playing for Carlton and GWS back in the day, or for his most recent work uh, with the Dylan Friends podcast. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's sitting pretty at number one top spot on the sports podcast in Australia or something like that. So what an honor and privilege to have the great man on. Mate, he's an inspiring dude. And the fact that he's what he's been able to achieve post-footy and the stuff he's doing with his podcast, a real OG in the podcast game here in Australia. Uh, so really appreciate him coming on and having a chat to a couple of newbies like us who are really, I just, he's a good dude. I enjoyed yeah. this chat. You're lost for words, aren't you, Rob? That was good. I really enjoyed this chat. Hope you guys <laughs> see it too. We're live. Welcome. Welcome, Welcome to, to uh, the show. Welcome to Funny Business, mate. Welcome, uh, welcome. Yeah, welcome me. Uh, thanks for having me, boys. It's it's a it's an honour. It's a pleasure. I must say, I'm a massive fan of Funny Business. It's been a big inspiration for myself. So thank you very much for having me on the show. It's, it's I very like nice the pump up. We didn't now. even slip him a fifty to say that. <laughs> is it weird being on the other side, not being the host? Um, it is. It's funny because um, you know, like when you're doing a podcast, obviously you're hosting. You know what's coming, and I suppose there is the thing of when you're a guest you just have no idea where it's going but it's exciting in a way too i do love um talking so one thing about me is you just don't have to ask too many stories i'll probably just tell you a million anyway um but yeah it's exciting it's definitely different and i i think um it's good you know i, I try not to do too many podcasts because I, I have a big reason of like not oversharing too much and i think you've got to like pick your moments a lot and and make sure it, it really fits and Obviously, I love um, what you guys are doing. I think your podcast is awesome around that, you know, entrepreneurial and people are just go-getters. And I think it really aligns with with my values as well. So that's why, you know, I'm really keen to jump on and have a chat. How did you learn that? Like, what was, was there a thing where you're like, fuck, I need to cut back and just um, like really, oh, it's like... Um, Curating your yeah, own story. Yeah, like, you was, talk yeah. about all the fucking time. Yeah, you, I just you went blank. Yeah. Yeah, we talk about curating your own story, but when we're, you're able to put out this amount of content, you actually can be quite selective about what you put out there. I and mean, it might not seem that way because you're talking so much, you're sharing so much, mm. but it, it, there is a big thing about holding mm. back and not sharing too much. So what? what how did you learn that? Um, I think it's a just for me, and this sounds really weird and people might not even believe me when I say this, but obviously I have a podcast and I talk a lot. But I think one thing I'm always massive on with the podcast was I would never ever want people to get sick of it. Um, and I think that when you have a podcast and you're talking a lot all the time, there's that that fear of overexposure and people being like, "Oh, I've heard this story fucking 15 times." You know what? You know this is you. You got to you know, mate, get a new story. Like this is this is bullshit. Um, because we're probably all seeing like ads. You know, like when you see an ad on Facebook and you like it, and then you see it. 45 times in the next week and you're like hey can you fuck off like that's really annoying now so like i've always been like really wary of being like look i'd rather people um you know really come to my content and want more than someone be like fuck this bloke needs to shut the fuck up yeah like i've got something to say like yeah get it out there yeah mate totally makes sense how's the pod been going since the new gear kicked off did you have a breather over christy um we did yeah we did we had a bit of a breather but it was actually probably the most hectic time i've ever had because we finished like all the way to december um and you know 2020 was the weirdest year like you know let alone COVID, just everything um but it was it was unbelievable you know the pod went from doing it fortnightly to doing it weekly to going on youtube to filming um 
and it just sort of just grew into this thing where I was like, shit, this is actually something that maybe, you know, I can start doing as a, as a job. Um, and I had no idea how it just snowballed into that, but I think like there's a, you know, it's pretty crazy as you guys would know, you just got to sometimes just throw your hat in the ring and go head first into things. Um, but then that sort of really, if you look at starting a business, I had no foundations at all in it. You know, I was just doing all the content, but nothing was there and underneath. So it was just amazing to go like back into that in early 2021 and just start going, all right, well, I need a website. I need to get some like business roles to be played. You know, I had no foundations in terms of people helping me or roles that even I was doing. And we were doing episodes, like I'd release one, then be like, shit, like I need to get someone else to scramble, get someone else, get it out the night before. Um, but now we just put some really good plans in place. And I've got a guy, a couple guys working with me now as a producer and a video a videographer. And we, we sort of try and punch out, you know, one a week, but stay two to three weeks in advance. Um, just so that like, you know, we talk about content, you can be more prepared and send content to the guests so that they want to use it. And, and you're not scrambling. I think it's a, a good thing in that so that you can sort of actually be a lot more selective with guests as well. You're not just taking what's available. You can sort of hold off and, and um, have a bit of a breather and, and enjoy it a bit more. I like that. And it's like getting people on that have something to say at that time. Like I know you had Dylan Alcott on, um, around the, the tennis time like it just matches up perfectly doesn't it yeah yeah so that's one thing we actually put in place this year and um my fiance her sister's actually she worked in marketing a lot with um you know a really big watch brand and i was just so unfamiliar to the territory of actually planning things and we put together a bit of a plan of the year and i'd never seen anything like this and it straight away just made me feel so relaxed about it going like oh my god i can see this now i can see how it's going to work you know like all right, season launch is here. Let's plan an episode for that. Um, you know, the tennis is coming here. Let's get a tennis player. Uh, Easter's coming up. You know, F1's at the end of the year. And once you can sort of see those landmarks, like comedy festival, you can sort of start planning in advance and already sort of start locking a few things in. So, um, you know, we've, we've already done that this year. We've probably locked in like three or four people that are, we haven't recorded yet, but it's for a time specific later on and sort of locked in a date to get it done. Mate, that's unreal. I'm laughing the fact that you're not scrambling. Like we've been, we've since kicking off, I felt like all we've sort of done is scramble. And you know what? Yesterday we had a bottler of a day yesterday, didn't we? Yeah, it was good. We locked in like, I don't know. We're, I feel like we're almost two or three months ahead now for that. For, for a while there, we were on like, it was the same thing. It was like, you're stressing out the next two. day going, fuck, we need this. We need that. But now it's like, all right, let's, when it rains, it pours. Let's just have it all. Get it, get it set and go. Oh, mate, I totally agree. But don't get me wrong, boys. Like, I am scrambling. Like, I am so, I'm still scrambling. So it doesn't matter. Like, after this today, like, I'm going to meet up with my um, co producer, Sam, and we're going to pretty much just book in the next four shows, start, you know, really um, going again. So for me, it's like you have those periods where, like, you're really prepared and then you just sort of go, like, shit, we need to start planning again. But again, you sort of need, it's like a healthy stress. Like, I, I think yeah. for me, I've developed this like really strange relationship with like pressure and stress and, and not the fact that, you know, it wasn't good for me when I was playing footy because I just freak out and panic. But in, in a business term, I think like if I don't have it, I don't get anything done. So I, I think it's a, a really strange relationship. I actually really like being stressed because it makes me think what's important and I've got to get this done now. Well, I think that's, I a, that. that's the thing that comes yeah. back to people who have come. I think for people who come from sports backgrounds who actually like, that's that competitive element. Like we had it last Friday when we went to play a live show, live show fell over because COVID got announced that we're going into a snap lockdown and we're like, fuck, 
So we went from doing a physical show and that pressure of going, all right, well, what do we got? We got four hours to make something happen. We're already in Melbourne. We're going to get back to Torquay. And like, I felt like we're in the zone the whole day. I felt like a, like a match day. And we just sort of pump shit out. But Business it, athlete, mate. It's weird. It's yeah. weird. It is. No, it is. And like, I quote this, I quote this guy so much and I can imagine how many people get sick of it. But I had this chat with Ben Crow and he used this term and it like really changed my outlook on the next phase of my life. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm not an athlete anymore. Like, um, you know, I don't have sport to like keep me competitive and stuff, even though like I'm extremely competitive person. Um, even like, to be honest, like you guys doing this now, like I'll say it, it's actually like making me motivated to like go and do stuff today. Cause like, I know how hard you guys are working and like, I want to stay working hard as well. So like, I appreciate you guys just quick quietly on that thing. Like it, what you're doing is making me like really motivated too, because I know how motivated you are. But um, Ben Crow said this one thing. He's like, you know, an athlete, he wants to like redefine what an athlete is. And it's not someone who plays sport. It's someone who, is just competitive and wants to get the best out of himself. It's like, it can be in business. It can be in life. Um, it's not just, you know, someone playing tennis or playing football. An athlete is someone who is like really just competitive and, and wants to compete in the workplace, not just, you know, on the stage. You're well, a warrior. Yeah. Mate, we, we fucking love that. That's something that we've been talking. It's like when we started the pod, our whole thing about what we wanted to sort of position ourselves in our brand was business athletes so it's like yeah. how can be would be a business athlete or a business rock star like what can you do that you're trying to be the pinnacle of what you can get to and you're actually still try, striving for progression striving to actually be achieve something else and that's sort of the like my personal things i was hanging on to for a long time was my identity and self-worth was attached to mm. a football career that didn't go where it wanted to go and then i had a, ma a major injury playing fucking local footy that fuck my whole life you know like it did like i went from yeah. i was playing like my identity and shit was still attached to me being a footballer even though i was transitioning into the workforce and trying to do other shit and make a different part of my life but I had this massive knee injury which i haven't been able to play any sports now for the last five years and it took me a big like real full circle to come back and go you know what there's actually elements that i've brought up in my whole life that i've kept with me that this is actually something different that I can attach myself to. I can still have that competitiveness. I can still get those yeah. uh, elements of the highs of progression and competition. And a lot of people don't quite understand that because it's a new concept because people, they get sports, people get sports. Oh, for sure, man. Get, I don't yeah. think they get competing in different ways. Especially nah, that's, when, or seeing you in a different light. Definitely, man. That's, that's hit me in the feels. And I, I, you know, I get, I get goosebumps when you say that, cause it's, that's, you know, that is my exact story as well. Like you, you have that, um, that connotation, I suppose, attached to you of being an athlete. And, and I think one thing I've definitely learned, and I think Robbie, you would agree in this, um, and, and like, I'm not sure where your sporting career, um, was, you, you uh, I told everyone, yeah, said, man, I'd done my knee. I could have been anything. Like, yeah, well, exactly. You, well, you, you are in this as well. Then you would yeah. totally understand. Um, I think sports, one of those things that you can work so hard and dedicate your life to it and, um, and, and really, really, you know, try hard and get things done. But at the end of the day, sometimes it just doesn't work out. Um, but I think that when you take that same amount of energy and passion and love and you put it into business and you have, you, you control everything, you control the controllables. I think things do work. Um, and I think that if you can build that, you know, resilience um, inside to not let setbacks dictate what you're going to do. Um, I think it's a massive strength. You know, I think I look back on my career now and I'm so fucking proud of it because I lasted eight years 
playing 41 games, like people would laugh at that, but like I almost wear it as a budget badge of honor because like, how the fuck did I last that long without playing that many games? Like it's, I reckon it's got to be a record for someone under 200 centimeters to last eight years. I signed four one year deals. Like I was holding on man fingertips, fingertips, like anxiety to the max every year. Like, where's my next paycheck coming? What, like, what have I got to do to get over there? Like it was out of me and someone else for like four years, like that whole shit, you know, what's next for me? What's next for me mentality. It almost like scared me so much that when I finished and when I started, you know, this, we'll probably get into this later, but that's the reason I started the podcast. I was like, fuck, I need something to put my energy into someone else. Cause I'm, I'm so, you know, I know footy's not going to last forever. What can I go to next that I can, you know, transition out of the game and control. Um, And I think that I look back now and, you know, however hard those four years was, it's honestly the best thing that ever happened to me because it set me up for like just foundation of, of, like I said, that resilience. And I, in a really weird way, like I love setbacks now because I know that good things come after them. Um, And I think that's just taught me that through the time, you know, if, if shit things happen, I just go, fuck, like I know this is shit, but, I know something real good's coming next because I know setbacks mean that something else is going to happen. It's like it's like Gaz Rourke. Yeah, Rourke, Rourke Smith, like six one-year deals or whatever, and it's every year you're, like, you're, mm. you're fighting it out. You become a, a bit of a competitive beast, but you become anxiety-riddled, don't you? And I feel like, it does, like you said, it does set you up probably for the skills and the resilience to you're used to that setback and how you can, how you can piggyback off that and be that glass half-full type of cat. And I think when, like, you said, like we say it all the time, like I'm looking at you and going, fuck, I reckon, fuck playing footy now. Like this is where you're at. This is fucking off its head. You know yeah. what I mean? Like this is amazing. We're grateful mm. that we're able to do something different. But in your perspective, being in that, in that like one year deal, one year deal, one year deal, but I guess public perception of AFL players is, hey, they're all set. What do they have to complain about? Mm. What's going on in their life? Like there's no fucking sympathy. You know, like no. it's more like, I, I, we saw it when Rourke got, it's yeah. the, public scrutiny on people that play sports and to have it's like if you're in a business environment and you were working for a company and you had nothing but 12 month contracts and you're trying to set up a life and do stuff that you'd be saying you'd be going to hr and going hey mate wouldn't mind uh, a bit of bit security and, yeah. and <laughs> health and well-being to do with like where I'm, I'm here providing value to your company but it doesn't exist in the sporting world and that the one-year deals and all that sort of stuff it just it's a, it's such a, it's a, such an odd environment that people just don't get. And so many people are happy to comment on it though. It is tough, isn't it? Like, I think I, I look at this both ways. And I think for one aspect, I look at it and I go, oh, I'm so fucking grateful that I got to spend those eight years there. So like not, not one part of me would change it and I'm not crying that I was signing one year deals. Cause I know someone else would come and snap that up straight away. So I'm not definitely not. Um, upset by that or anything like that and I can understand how the public would be annoyed they go oh you know we'll go and work a normal job like us and and see how you feel totally agree like you're blessed and so so blessed to be on a list for eight years and that's you know factor number one but I also think like to your point when you're getting sacked um, you know I've been delisted twice and and don't get me wrong I look back at that now and again and I, I laugh and smile and at the time but Think about someone who works a normal nine to five job and you're getting reported on the news that you're going to get sacked and that every, every one of your like friends and family know about it. Um, no one wants to talk to you about it because it's awkward. It more sort of like hurts your family more than it hurts you. And it's sort of like your 
life's getting like lived out in public, which again, that's, that comes with the caper of playing sport. And I'm not saying, um, I'm not saying that I wouldn't do it again because I would, but I think that's the part where you sort of say to a tradie, for example, well, imagine if you're getting sacked and everyone knows about it, like, how would you feel? And it's, mm. it's just, it's probably changes perspectives a little bit. A hundred percent when you're, yeah. And like you said, it's just a, it's an awkward conversation. You're tiptoeing around and people don't give enough credit for people being in that situation and understand. I put my head under the covers for fucking 10 months after I got delisted. The thing I just, I didn't even go back and have a crack to play second tier footy. I, I just was, it broke me. I was only the, mm. got out the door 19 before my 20th birthday. And like my whole hopes and dreams is to be a professional sportsman, whatever I chose to do. And that for me, it was just the impact that it had before I was mature enough to handle what it was and, this is going back in 2011 now, like reading articles at 19 years old that you're out the door and your career's over, you're fucked. And I'm going, well, I'm, I'm a piece of shit. I'm worth nothing. You know, like, mm. and then I, I tried to transition to the, the business world and I had people crossing out my experience of being a professional footballer on my resume saying, why would you even put it on? For a job at JJ's. For a job at JJ's. Yeah. No. <laughs> like, seriously, I've struggled to find a work where that it's a lot different now where people are trying to build um, a life after footy or, a level of a personal brand that delves into deeper interest. Is that sort of what kickstarted your pod? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think totally right. Like I look, I knew sort of, and it's, I knew early that my career wasn't going to be um, flowing pretty well. Like I think, you know, I had a lot of injuries as well. I had eight surgeries in eight years um, and also done, you know, the four, one new deal. So in the back of my mind um, and my dad who, who who had actually had a really successful career was always, always on harping onto me about transitioning out of the game. Um, and, you know, he would be more, you know, strong on that than actually the way I was going on field. So um, my whole career, I was always networking. Like I've always like loved just talking to people, um, finding out new, you know, jobs. And I, I knew that there was going to be a life after footy and I was just trying to work out what it was. And I look back now and I treat that career as an eight year uni degree because I literally, from probably my third year, um, I started trying to catch up with one person a month from the club that was in like a networking space. Um, Cause I had no idea what I wanted to do. Like I went to uni, I did one semester and like, couldn't, I just couldn't study. Like I, you know, really, I'm not, I'm not an academic and that's probably not kind of, uh, not going to come to any surprises listening, people listening to me talk today, but I, um, yeah, I wasn't very good at university and went to Vic uni, shout out to Vic uni. They were fantastic to me for um, about two weeks. And then <laughs> after that, I was like, nah, I'm just going to go and try a few things. So like I went to a real estate agent, tried that for a bit. Then I went to like a property developer, tried that, went to PE teaching, tried that. And I tried all these jobs, um, and I didn't learn what I wanted to do, but I learned that I learned what I didn't want to do. Um, and I learned that those things were the things that I didn't want to do, but it was actually getting me closer to the thing that I wanted to do. And then, you know, through that and through all that pressure and time, I was like, well, fuck, you know, I'd love to get into, like, I love talking shit. Like I'd love to just talk to people and do things like this. But at that stage, I didn't have a profile to get a gig anywhere. Like I couldn't even, I remember I, fuck, one of the worst days of my life, man, I went to, um, when I was up in Sydney, I went to this radio station. I won't say who it is because it's a very well-known radio station, but I've never like felt so shit like in my life. <laughs> like just the way that like, I don't know, they spoke to me like I was like genuine, like a three-year-old like kid sort of thing. Like it was like the worst experience I've ever had. And 
that was when it hit me. I was like, nah, you know what? Fuck this. I don't want to work for someone else as well. Like I've been working for an AFL club that dictates what I do for like eight years. So like, you know, if they want me, they want me. If they don't, they don't. So in my head, I was, I was like, I want to do my own thing. But I actually started the pod. Then I was like, all right, I'm going to start this podcast, do, you know, eight episodes of this. So if I get delisted in my, after my first year, at least then I can take that to, you know, a radio station and say, hey, this is what I've done. Can I have a job now? Like, I know I haven't got a uni degree, but I've done this. Is this like, you know, sufficient enough to get a job, you know, cleaning the mics? Um, so that's how it actually started. But after I got the next year, I ended up going into another radio station um, Triple M, who was unbelievable in Sydney. And I work with Mark Geyer and um, Liam Flanagan up there who are like the, um, basically like, you know, the Billy Brownless and James Brayshaw of, of Sydney. Um, and they were just like the best blokes that I've ever met and just gave me so much confidence and really backed me in. And, you know, they really just helped me out and gave me the confidence to do the podcast. And, and even just, you know, I was just answering the phones here on a Tuesday night after training for free for um for two years and um that's sort of how it all sort of transpired to be honest but yeah in a long long answer of that i hope i answered it but that's how the sort of career went from you know learning of what i wanted to do to finding out what i want to do to sort of finding a niche um and you know while i was still playing footy i think it's just important to put yourself out there and just try things and then like you said you figure out what you don't like and then you're like well i definitely don't want to work these hours i definitely don't want to work with these types of people and like you said if you don't if you're not sure and you're lost just sort of put yourself out there and see what you don't like and then you get pushed in that direction i've had every job under the sun bar rattle, them off. rattle them off oh you know the float tank centers Remember, yeah, 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 house. yeah. Used to work at uh, Beyond Rest up in Paran there, and yeah. like just that sort of stuff. Like I'd always be onto that sort of shit, and I don't know. Yeah. I feel like now but that's now got that, you to where you are, man. You know what I mean? That's yeah. like those have all led you to what you're doing now, and you've got to be proud of that. Um, yeah, hundred percent. I'm I'm the same as you. Not a uni. I went to uni and just deferred up the three. I didn't really do anything. I thought it was going to be like American Pie and that, and I went to VU <laughs> as well. And I'm like, it's nothing like American Pie. Um, but but yeah, then again, it's all, all part of the journey. I feel like we wouldn't be here now if it wasn't for that journey and stuff. And if you had kept playing footy, we wouldn't be doing this now. And now I feel like this is the perfect place to be because opportunities are uncapped. I'm sure it's for like yourself, like different brand deals and different things that you can do and, and make, make an income and a living. And you're like, well, fuck, I can be me and get paid for it. This is unreal. And you're not on a one year contract, mate. Yeah. You know, like the fucking, the deals can be, mm. your life goes on till now until whenever your choice. So it's like, we, it's like how we do it now. It's like, we, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You got as much time as you want. You can have patience. You can build it the right way. You can do it. Look to things like you mentioned from the business perspective, setting up those foundations. Wouldn't mind touching on, I guess, what happened from the day it started to when you sort of really like the learnings you took from when you kicked mm. it off to, to yep. now. Yeah, for sure. Um, oh, it's just such a funny story. Like I look back and just cringe at just the shit that I used to do. Um, but yeah, obviously started the podcast and I don't know, my, one of my good mates, Tommy Sheridan, I think he's out from your way. Um, Robbie is a quarter cannons boy. Yeah, he's, he's a few years younger, but I'm pretty sure. A few years younger. He um, obviously he's got his business as well, Rick's Eyewear. And we came from, you know, very similar backgrounds. We're both mates from, from um, you know, young days and then got, you know, delisted. So we were always on this path of like, all right, you know, footies, let's go to training. You know, we get training done and then we go to work. So like we used to just joke around and like, you know, Gary V, you know, like let's fucking hustle and do all this shit. We're like, all right, 
you know, when I used to leave the Giants, I was like, all right, see you boys. I'm going to work. Have a good one. You know, enjoy your day off. See you later. And then we just sort of go to the cafe and just take our notebooks down and, you know, write all these things and cue each other on like what we're doing. And I'd send emails to like, you know, I'd send emails to, um, you know, big networks being like, hey, um, hello, my name's Dylan. I've got a podcast. I'd like to look at, uh, you know, you acquiring my services. And, you know, no one would fucking reply to me. Like, it was so funny, the shit we used to do. But even like, I remember the first like deal that we made was with Bonds and like just how we did that. And I was, you know, I, I love, you know, getting advice from people and stuff. And I, I honestly say like when I was at the Giants and I feel bad about this, but I put way more effort into like, you know, my post life than my football life. I'd be, after training, I'd walk straight over to the commercial side, like upstairs of the building and just go talk with like the head of marketing, head of sales, head of, um, you know, digital. And I'd be like, all right, I need you to help me like put together a um, pitch for like this business. Like, what do you think we can do? And, you know, like the Alice, one of the girls that was at the giant, she helped me put together like this sales pitch. And then the marketing guys gave me a few good ideas about some other stuff. And the digital team were like editing my whole podcast. Um, So I feel really bad that I was like wasting all their time. But I just learned straight away that you need so many people to help you. Like you can't do everything on your own. Um, but yeah, that's sort of how it started from there. And then I suppose once I started, um, I've always been really big on, I, I want to own my own stuff. Like I know that for a fact. Um, as I said, you, you're owned by a footy club and until they don't want you anymore. Um, when I was at Carlton, I was doing a little show there called like discussions with Dylan. But you know, when I left, I couldn't do that anymore because I didn't own it. So when I started Dylan friends, I was like, no, I'm always going to own this. Like I've got to, so then I, you know, someone can't tell me when to stop. Um, so even with that, you know, I've had a few discussions lately with, you know, networks now in terms of, you know, teaming up with bigger networks for sales revenue and, and, you know, I went through the whole process and yes, like short term, there's some definite gains there, like, you know, financial gains and stuff, but long-term what I want to create, it's not the path that I want to go on. Um, and it's, it's definitely, it goes back to that fact as well. It's like, I want to this yes it's a podcast and i love it but it's also like my business now um and it's my thing and you know i don't i work harder on it because i know it's it's me um and i don't want anyone else sort of like owning that and then them dictating the way it sort of works oh i love that i love that taking back a bit of control in your life and and being i just think the big the biggest benefit is we talk to a lot of mates who are in good jobs and stuff and they earn like a bit of coin but then i think it comes down to freedom of choice and how you want to live your life and like Mm. you change and you grow you know as you get older so it's more like i can literally just adapt um to how i'm feeling and and you know i own this piece of material i am the business owner and i can take on any opportunity i want i feel like that's that's a really good. It's rare that you it's get rare, to go to yeah. a job and be 100% yourself, you know, and you're 100% yourself and and 100% in control of your own destiny and you're getting paid for it. It's sort of like it's. But the long term approach, man, I, I'm totally digging that because yeah. I think a lot of people get sucked into the short term cash and they just want the cash grab. And it's not, you're, build, you're building something bigger than that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's the podcast, but it's you behind it. It's everything, you know, it's all the other opportunities as well. I think that's, yeah, I think that's a massive draw card to it and I think if I go back and Robbie I think you'd understand this I saw because I as I said earlier I was always at the end of the year always going fuck what's next like what's next like do I need to get a job am I gonna have to go play local footy for a team that I fucking hate 
and then, you know, get a shit job that they give me, but it pays really well. You know, you know how, like, I'm not saying that that's, you know, some players do that and they love it. But for me, that wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, you know, I didn't want to be owned by a local football club to then, you know, go work at the, the sponsors thing that they did. <laughs> yeah. And I remember going, you know, when I left Giants, I had a lot of offers to do that. And I was like, oh my God, you know, I can earn so much money. Um, I can earn so much money going and working for these companies that I have absolutely no qualifications in or passion in. But instead, um, and don't get me wrong, I, I had to, we had to move back to Melbourne because um, we couldn't afford to live in Sydney. And we moved back in with my parent, uh, my fiance's parents for uh, probably 12 months just to get my financials like on track and not have the stress of having to have a job like that. And I went and worked at 3AW for part-time as a radio producer. Um, I was earning $25 an hour, probably did that for like six months. Um, and it was such, again, like an interesting time because I was in the industry and also learning like, fuck, I really don't want to do this. I don't want to work for like a big company, you know, like I just don't want to do this, but I didn't have at that stage the, um, the, you know, it wasn't as, as big yet to be able to go full time on the podcast. And I had to just keep doing that and bite my tongue and just be like, fuck, no, nah, I just cop it, mate. And just like, you know, just know that this is just, you know, temporary, um, you know, you're not going to just get caught in the rat race here and, and stick around. Um, but it was a really tough time to be honest. Like, I, I just remember like going in being like, Oh my God, you know, like I remember my first day, um, at, uh, yeah, I think I've already named the place, but I might not name it again. Um, I went in and oh, fuck, it's just like, yeah, I remember I went in and I was getting like learning day and, um, I went in for this, like sat with this team and I did not speak for three days. They wouldn't let me talk. They didn't let me talk. I sat in for three days of work and did not speak. And once I said to say, I said something and the person went, shh, I didn't speak for three days at a job. And then the next team I went to, the first thing the person said to me, and I thought it was a joke. And this is like, by the way, you know, just left football. You still think you're an absolute legend and you go to this place and you just like lower shark shit. And someone said to me, Hey mate, um, lunch is downstairs. Can you go grab it? And I was just like, Oh my that. God. Fuck, like, you know, go and do it. But it was a great ego. It was awesome for the ego, to be honest, because it was just like, throw your ego out the window, man. Like, you, this is not a thing anymore, you know? Like, no one gives a shit who you are. Just go get it done. And like that... Straight up reality check. Yeah, it was a massive, massive reality check. And I think that looking back, like, it was it was awesome to go through that. And not, to be honest, like, anyone told to go and do that is, like, pretty demeaning, I think. Like, it's not nice to be to do that sort of stuff. But I think you just got to go, fuck it. You know what? Just get it done, go and do it, but know that this isn't forever. And like, it's going to get you to your next thing. And your story is so inspirational. Like, I, honestly, like I, I don't want to pump your tires because I'm, I'm, I'm not, You're the I'm king not, at pumping I'm tires, not the best man. tire no, pumper, but no, it, it is are. like to see someone slog it out and get, like, I, I know we, we spoke about briefly before we click record, but so many people struggle to find a career or passion post footy. And like people don't realize that there's, the difficulties that you have to go through to, in order to get to those greener pastures or whatever you want to call it. I, when you're t- talking about the story about um, sitting there for three days and not oh, man. having to talk, I, I, I had this shit job. I worked at, at, at Telstra. I'm happy to name it because I worked in yeah. an office job at Telstra and the offices were fucked and like no one gave a fuck. It was just the, no, 
I can't. Someone done a shit on the floor, man. Someone shit on the floor. So I went into the. I'm sitting there going, I'm not. You didn't I'm have not, to clean this. No, I didn't have to clean up. <laughs> okay. My job was to. I was getting emails highlighted if I had like didn't use it. If I missed a full stop and shit, I would have it highlighted and sent back in reply all to the whole fucking program. I was just like the office bitch. Yeah. And then I like I'll be like, all right, so I just type. I take minutes now. That's my job. I took minutes for 18 months. So I sat there on a computer. I listened into calls and took minutes. And but I think if you can see the clearer picture and, and you can see why you're doing. I couldn't see what, well, why yeah, I was doing it when people shit on the floor. I went to take a shit <laughs> and I walk into the, this is a corporate job. Well, there's signs saying, please don't shit on the floor. There's signs saying, please don't shit on the floor. We're humans. And man. there's a shit. You never know, bro. Right? You never I know. I make fucking 50K a year and someone's <laughs> shit on the floor. And I go, I, I, this can't be my life. You know, this can't be it. That's fucking weird, man. I can't say I ever saw shit on the floor, but yeah, it did get pretty low at some stages. But I think you just got to go through it, don't you? Like, I wouldn't, be as hungry now if I didn't sit and do that and know that it's not what I want to do. And I think you're the same, you know, you, you go through those things and you go, fuck, you know, I cannot, I just can't, I can't be, this isn't it. You know, this is not me. Like, this is not my purpose. Like this is not my why. Um, and you know, it's right. Like I would get up and to be honest, I actually got sacked from that job. Like they just stopped putting me on for shifts because I was so bad at it because I just did not, want to do it like no i was so no empowerment no nothing huh? no but the funny thing was and like this is a you know bad thing but like I'd, I'd be i'd be working there like doing my stuff but then i'd be still doing like 15 of my own things at the same time so like i'd be making a call for like the radio then i'd lock in like three guests as well then i'd like come back be like oh yeah just you know yeah hey like doing some stuff then i'd be like <laughs> on the phone like when the show was coming on i'd be doing calls so talk back radio like they call up i have to control the screen and there'd be other times where i'd be like doing some dylan friend stuff then i'd be like six pages of it fuck like gotta get down on the screen like the, the host can't read like what's going on and shit and i'd be putting calls in from like the lines would always get mixed up they had like the same number as racv so like people i'd just be like yeah sweet oh my car yeah cool okay coming up in like a couple calls put them on and they're like hello is this racv and i'm like oh, <laughs> oh, no way I swear, man, I'll just be putting like the word. So look, I don't think I'm a massive loss to like any of anyone's like that flat that I'm gone. But um, you could see yeah, where I the focus that... was, couldn't you? Like clearly then you were like, fuck, I need to just be doing it. And it's hard to just drop everything and go, fuck, I'm just going to commit to this and, and do it. You can't, no, you, you can't. don't have the security, can you? No, you can't. And you guys would know this. And I think that's why, um, no, you look at, I, I, you know, Gary V, for example, we bring him up. I feel like every person that likes business, you know, starts with Gary V. The gateway and drug. The gateway drug, it is. And, you know, he always says, you know, if you don't like something, fuck it, man, you just quit. And you're like, yeah, okay, like that's, that. you know, that's an option. But for a lot of people, it isn't. You know, you still need to have an income and you still need to be getting a job to get to where you want to be. But one thing that I've always sheepish on with people is when people say, I don't have enough time. Like you you have enough time. Like if you want to do something, you find a way to do it. Like, and that's why I think pressure is the best thing because when you're under pressure, your life gets so simple because you're not worried about shit that doesn't matter. You're worried about the things that you need to do. So like when I was under pressure, I was like, fuck, I've got to do this job. But I also know that if I don't do anything else, I'll be stuck here. So fucking let's get hustling, man. Like you got to get working. Fuck yeah, I love that. And that's why you just say yes to opportunities too, isn't it? Sometimes so you're yes. like, fuck it, let's just figure it out. I don't even know if I've got the capacity, but it's too good of an opportunity to say no to. And fuck it, I've, I've backed myself so far. You know what I mean? What's the worst that can happen? Oh, 100%. I, I think that year out of like the game, um, 
all like said to myself that year is like say yes to everything everything that year so like in 2020 last year i was doing like working pretty much five days a week producing doing my own podcast um and then also doing like a, a little show on team like channel 10 that i was doing and for, for all the gigs that i was doing i didn't get paid anything like nothing for them i was getting paid nothing for any of this stuff but i knew that if i could just keep doing it and build up the portfolio the money will come like i wasn't stressed about the money i think people you know especially podcasting like if you think you're gonna fucking get into podcasting and make money straight away you're kidding yourself like you're better off that's not gonna happen but if you can just get in and just like hustle and just be consistent grow the community and like never say no to an opportunity then like things start coming and don't get me i'm like i'm always really wary of like i don't want to be an expert on this shit because i'm definitely not like i'm still learning this stuff i have no idea what i'm doing but i do know that like the harder you work the luckier you get um and i think you just got to keep like just keep pushing and um that doesn't mean you can't fucking have fun and like have a down day like i said before off air i'm extremely hungover today i went out (laughs) last night for a few beers with my partner and my sister and um and her boyfriend and yeah like mate i'm not i'm not saying i'm gary v i'm definitely not i'm, I'm an absolute people idiot. want real shit though it's the yeah. pity party too man like because it's fucking hard like we talk to people all the time as, as you do and it's like it's like shit life is hard man it's not as easy as what people make it think and i think what you touched on earlier too is a big part of what we we thought from the start as well was building them meaningful connections and networking like really putting yourself out there and meeting these different types of cats i feel like if you're consistent like that and you're always sort of open I feel like that's that's a big strength too in building your brand and and it's more like like you said it's more than just a podcast it's building out all these other opportunities and yeah. I feel like yeah like if you do build them meaningful connections different things open and then then you have more people around you who are willing to help yeah yeah for sure I think even on that I'm, and I'm sure you guys would would have this but the probably one of the biggest changes for me in the business sense this year has been mentors and like unofficial mentors and people that I've got in my life now. And that, you know, you've been able to attract and meet and just good, good people that you, you meet along the journey that, you know, obviously you're invested in you and you're invested in them. And, you know, for example, I've got a, like a, one of my biggest influences, I've got a mentor called Adam Baldwin, who I've met, you know, I've actually known him for a very long time. He works with the AFLPA and he's changed my life, to be honest. Like he, we, we catch up every Wednesday morning on Zoom for an hour. Um, and he's like the most structured you know, Trello boards and, um, you know, like fucking calendars and invites and stuff. And it's changed me. Like it's, it definitely has. And, you know, we catch up every Wednesday morning. He doesn't get anything out of this. He, like he, I don't pay him. Like he won't accept anything, but like, he just gets like a massive kick out of helping me. Um, and, you know, I've got other people that I learn so much from. And I think that if you can find, and they don't have to be mentors. I think that sometimes you can weed out a, a relationship when you like put an official title on it. Like you've you got mentors. Mr. Miyagi. Yeah, yeah. Literally, but I yeah. I think that it's such a, a beautiful thing. And even, you know, chatting with you guys today again, when you ask me questions and then I answer them, it's sort of I love talking to you guys about this stuff because you understand it, but it actually reaffirms what's important to me as well. So like I think that when you talk about this shit with people that are like-minded um it just confirms like what you're doing and like the more people that you can actually put your energy into and say like hey this is what i'm doing this is what i want to do i've now told you my plans so now you're going to keep me accountable to it um 
So that's what like I've really liked. And then that obviously they, you know, might get something out of it as well. And then you might pick up something off them. And, you know, my, one of my, my best mates is a plumber. We, a podcast and plumbing, there's not much of a crossover, but there actually is because it's, it's a business and it's the same shit. Like you can get so much out of other people the way they do things. Um, and that's the biggest thing I've learned this year is just, just networking people and trying to find out how they run their successful business. Cause there's no, there's no, um, there's no luck in it. I don't think it's, it's a formula. It's, it's like, it's work ethic and it's, it's, um, yeah, it's, there's no, you know, recipe. Oh, sorry. There is a recipe for it, but it's, it's different for everyone. A hundred percent. And yeah, it's, it all comes down to the hard work. I think people don't realize like, yes, you try and balance it out and stuff, but it's fucking hard when the, when the momentum's hot and you've worked so hard to turn the tap on, you don't want to turn it off and go, Oh, I think I need to balance it out. You're like, I need to squeeze every opportunity out of this. And then it eventually leads to you feeling a bit shit and flat, but it's so hard at the start to have that balance when you can't see that end result. I feel like when you're in the hustle mode, you're just trying to squeeze every drip. But once you've been doing it for a bit and you've got a bit under your belt, you can then sort of be a bit more picky and choosy and then more balance strategic. it up. Yeah, you can so be a bit more strategic. It's sick seeing it here and how you're going to plan out your pod this year. You're looking at a, a more of a longer term view. You're starting to plan your guests out in advance. I just, I like to see that yeah, it's it's starting to fall more into place. Like who did you take inspiration from when you look at the shows? Like I, I think over in the States, things I like is like, Pat McAfee show and how he's really starting to build out. Is he just live all day? Is that what he does? Is he just sit in his room and smoke cigars and or joints <laughs> yeah, whatever? And I just... so, I don't know. I, yeah, I I haven't like I've seen obviously his stuff that obviously like you know the AFL posts and stuff, but um yeah, it's it, you've got to take inspiration from from people and I you know it'd be stupid to say that I don't, but someone that I the, the I actually caught up with the Shameless Girls earlier in you know late last year, and they're just the most you know awesome awesome um girls and you know they're so smart and you know hard working and they're probably you know a year ahead of you know a couple years ahead of me in my journey but to see what they've done is something that i've really you know tried to emulate um they've built like a you know a media network and you know they've got like a full-time salesperson on their team they've got you know full-time producer um and you know they're content creators for podcasting and, and media outlets and that's something that i I want to do i want to set up a, a network um you know and have a, a banner company and then have you know dylan friends funny business podcast underneath that and then you obviously just you know funnel it through and you create a a, a network of like-minded people that you know it's all similar shows but all very different as well um so that's how i sort of take inspiration but oh look i'm not saying that i'm the only person that does what i do but the I'm definitely not. Sorry, um, but the one thing I do take inspiration of that's it's a different setup to mine is something like a barstool sports, different yeah. values, different content, you know, like totally different um, people. But I love what they've been able to do in terms of like their business and their company. You know, their YouTube podcasts, their content creation, their everything. And I was like, fuck, that's cool. You know, like I think I could do that. Like, why not? You know, if you put it out there, it's going to happen. You just got to fucking just do it. Oh, yeah, it's a vibe. We, we were talking about that the other day. Barstool Sports, Bill Simmons, The Ringer. It's like you're seeing all these different spinoffs and and like you said, the importance of the community and the like-minded people. And if you can bring that vibe across different channels and different interests, you're tapping into culture there, aren't you, really? Well, we're lucky too in the podcast game. It's like we, the stats around how much... If people who are like podcast fans, it's like how much content do they actually consume that a podcast per week? And sometimes it's up to 20 plus hours of, of audio a week. And you're like, well... 
it's a sick thing about podcasting. And I see the same thing in like Twitch is that people can follow multiple, multiple channels. They've got multiple fans, they've got multiple podcasters because one, like we can't, we put out two guest episodes and a few fucking um, snacks, we call them whatever, but two, it might be two hours plus maybe two and a half hours of content a week. All right. Well, there's 17 and a half hours still remaining. If I'm a loyal podcast person that, mm. I've got, so it's not like it's you like catered to all the dimensions of the personality. And in, yeah. in Australia, the podcast market's still so immature. Like you're not like, I take, we take inspiration. I've been involved in now meeting other people doing similar shit. Like we got chatting with like the girls from the, the lady brains pod. Um, and they're like in a business sense, they're, they're killing it. They've been doing it for like three years now, but the, the doors that have opened from just them building the community and mentor and, programs and all that sort of stuff. Like mm. they, they, you can just, yeah, like you said, it's like, it's not what they do. It's how they do it kind of thing. And it's like, like I'm, if I'm looking at Gary V videos, it's not really what is the content. It's more like how frequently is he posting it? What platform yeah. is he on? And and sort of looking at it that way. So I feel like, yeah, I don't know. It's cool to see like, you can take the podcast wherever you want. So I, lo- I love the idea of taking it to a label. I love the idea of building it out into more of a, a content distribution arm. Like Barstool Sports is sick. Like Bleacher Report, do it on steroids. Barstool Sports, we've got people like Jake Paul, I think, or Logan Paul. Yeah. Now got, they do the panel thing with him and like, Pat McAfee, he got signed to um, Barstool Sports and his show is is through that. And it, it's going to like the right people in Australia, there isn't anything like that. Mm. That's why it's so exciting hearing you talk about this shit. There's nothing in it like normal. We were talking about this this morning, like mm. traditional media. Like I fucking, how often do you want to turn on channel, unless the footy's on, how often do you turn on channel seven on or like, Hmm. unless you're stuck like me watching I'm a celebrity get me out of here with my wife and the mass singer and the mass singer she yeah. likes the mass singer deal yeah, yeah that's that's fair. I do, that's you know? fair. you gotta, yeah. you gotta <laughs> treat the missus well um no you're so right though man like I I really think about this a lot I think about podcasting and one thing that I never take for granted and I'm so so grateful for because you know when you look at your downloads and you look at how many people listen you go fuck I just can't believe that you are actually just like going out of your way and clicking on this to listen, like I'm so grateful for anyone that actually takes the time to do that. Because when you listen to radio, you get in the car and it's on. You, it's not like you're not going out of your way to like listen. Like maybe you might change a station and find a good song, and then people are talking. And it, it's it's different. Like there's a different um, engagement level there. I think like you're actually going out of your way because you are committed to listening to a show. Um, and I think that. If you look at that from an advertising point of view, that's going to be worth a lot more in in the future. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's massive. It's I think it's like you said, it's so young. I honestly don't think that anyone in Australia, um, and not that I know of, you know, I, there could be someone, but I, I really don't think anyone's doing it to a hundred percent yet either. Like no one's worked out the correct formula to be, you know, advertising and and also socials and then um youtube as well like you know i started youtube and then i was like fuck you know is this actually quite good because um from a business point of view youtube is actually quite hard to um monetize because you get, you don't get a lot of money from youtube for listens um unless you're getting you know millions and when you upload youtube and if you put it a sponsor on youtube for example that sponsor's there forever so you're not like you sell that episode and then that's sold. You can't like continually make money on it. Whereas in a podcast, you have cue points now. So like, you know, dynamic ad insertion that instead of selling one episode, you're actually selling your whole catalog. And I, I know you guys will understand this. It's really hard to explain to people that don't, but basically 
you know, instead, instead of selling one episode forever, you could be making money on that episode for forever now. Like it's just continually got new ads going through it. Um, whereas, and if you've you got know, guests on as well, like if you've got guests on, that's evergreen content because people are going to go back from a year ago if you got so-and-so on, you know exactly. what I mean? Like, and and that, that's a, oh mate, it's, it's so- like a, You say it all the time when it's like a, you're someone who loves music. They've discovered a new band they like, but they've already released. They've got four albums and you're like, fuck, yeah. I can listen to four albums back to back. Like this is my yeah. new favorite band rather than an EP going, fuck, I wonder when they're going to release shit next. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you look at like Dylan Alcott, for example, you know, he just won his seventh, um, seventh Australian Open, 12th, um, his 12th Grand Slam. Mm-hmm. Like I had a podcast with him two weeks ago, but if that was say a year ago, people are going to go and be like, I want to listen to some Dylan Alcott content right now. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's, it's it, like you said, it is evergreen. That's why I try and make the interview podcast really time, uh, non-time specific. Like I don't really talk about like certain things. I'll never be like, oh, this weekend you're going to do this, you know, like, cause I just want to make it so that if you do listen to it in two years time, it's still relevant. Um, 100%. But yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting. And it's a, it's a big point. I think that you, you never know, like, you know, touch wood, this doesn't happen to any of my guests. And I don't even want to bring this up, but you know, the old saying of like, when a, a music artist dies, they, their music actually like fucking goes mental because everyone, you know, for I, my favorite artist and my favorite artist, like is, has changed my life is Mac Miller. I didn't even know him until he died, you know, yeah. like, and it breaks my heart that I didn't know about him until he died. I did, but not as much as I do now. And I was like, oh my God, now I listen to his, like his music, I listen to every single fucking day. Now, I know that's a little bit different to a podcast, but I just mean in the sense of like, you, evergreen content is, is good to have. Oh, 100%. And, and a good one I've been looking at for a bit of inspiration is on YouTube, like old 70s talk shows and to see what still resonates and see who still comments. And there's a, there's a show called The Dick Cavett Show. And they interview like old music. I don't know if you've seen it before, but I haven't. It's fucking crazy, man. It's a good watch. And he interviews like the Beatles and shit and um, George, George Carlin. And and there's a bunch of others, but that for me, that was good to just suss out and see what type of questions he was asking and what's like stands the test of time. Because in terms of ads and stuff like that, you, you completely right. That evergreen content, if you can get people going back listening, um, especially when you can clip it on certain topics that, you know, like, um, because that's something that we probably need to do is, is, make our content more shareable and have them clips like you have the YouTube. I'm sure you would have seen a spike in, in um, listeners grow when you went, once you sort of built that out and made, made it easy for people to share your stuff. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, I think we, so like YouTube versus podcasting, you know, first and foremost, I've always been like, I want it to be a podcast because I just think that that's the best form of everything. But I also really like having the video there to show facial expressions and everything so yeah you're totally right i think um i don't know the marketing term for this but touch points i know is like a massive part of things and the more places that people can access you the better like you know they can see it in different things you know they can they can hear it then they can see it and then they might see it somewhere else and then they hear it here again so i think that you know there's a um a really big thing about that and like i don't think at the moment the youtube you know, I'm just doing that because I love filming and I think that it's awesome to film it, but I don't think yet, you know, if I look long-term, the reason I did the YouTube was Joe Rogan, right? Like, you know, he, he does all that. And I was like, fuck, I want to be Joe Rogan, you know, obviously. Well, I, I listen to podcasts through YouTube, you know what I mean? And, yeah, and I'm like, a lot of people do. You don't even put shit on YouTube, you know? And it's like, no. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got to do it because 
you look at it and it's like it just makes people connect and you talk about community and building you know i think that that's been a massive part of the growth of things not so much the growth of like the show but the growth of just like the connectiveness to everyone and like the connectiveness sorry of, of like the community and me being able to you know they being able to see and actually being a part of it and you know like the best thing the best message that i love getting from people is when they say like man i just feel like i'm mates with you and the show and i'm like you are you know like you you are that that's exactly what i want you to be like i want you to feel like you're our best friends because that's what it is you know you i want you to feel like you're sitting in the studio so i think the visual element really does help that um but in saying that as well you know you look at joe rogan and what he's been able to do now with spotify and how they've put you know the video in spotify and i think that there's a the the video aspect of my show hasn't paid dividends yet but i think it will long term yeah 100 percent. and setting that up and learning all that um now and just yeah putting the wheels in motion i think is really smart um and yeah just strengthening that community bond i mean like you said if there's different touch points and they can see you in a different light it just adds to why they like you and, and at the end of the day you wouldn't have a podcast if people didn't listen and that's what i think a lot of people don't understand is like it's about the people who listen it's like why why do they listen like and, and once you flip that and start thinking about that, it becomes better. I think you can just see the momentum sort of roll because you're like, well, we're catering for the people who actually give a fuck. This is the community. It's not about me anymore. I think mm. we had a moment where we were like, fuck, it's not about us having a podcast anymore. It's about all these people are loving these conversations. Let's just put the effort into fucking make it as best as we can, you know, like serve, yeah. serve the podcast as best as we can. Oh, mate, yeah. I very emotional person that gives me goosebumps as well. Cause I, I just, I love that. I love that because it's so true. Like so many times I've just been like, fuck man, I just don't want to do something this week. You know, you just get in those like massive, you know, you need slumps. Like you need to feel shit because if you don't, you know, if you're always winning, you don't know what winning feels like, you know? So like, I love, I love when I feel shit sometimes. I know that sounds really stupid, but like, I love feeling shit because I know that something good's coming. And I said that earlier, but I just love it. Anyway, with that, there was a really big defining moment for me with the show. Um, and exactly what you guys are saying then that you've experienced um, when I was like about to post something, be like, guys, this was last year. Hey, like, you know, I'm really sorry. Can't get a show out this week. Um, but I just like read a few of my messages and someone had messaged me being like, mate, like, fuck, you know, I've had the shittest day. Like, um, oh, you know, oh, fuck, get it. it honestly gets me emotional. I think about this. Like, you know, I've had a shit day. Um, you know, like I just look forward to hearing the show every week and I was just like, oh God, okay, well, I'll only let one person down. And then like I read a couple more and there was someone being like, man, I can't fucking wait for this week's episode. And had another one where, you know, people saying, you know, they're going through things and it helps. And I was like, fuck, this is not about you anymore, bro. Like you just got to fucking get, you You just got to like hustle, man, because people rely on this now. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, you, it's not, it's honestly not about, me or the guest it's about the person that's in taking the information um and if they're you know willing enough to show me their loyalty and their support then like how the fuck can i not show that back um oh, and that's been the most beautiful part about it i think like i wake up and see this you know the amount of like i've started a um a patreon page and it gives me like the most incredible and i really didn't want to do it to start with because i was like how the fuck can i you know charge this i feel like an absolute wank doing this like but in a way as well it's been beautiful to see how much people just want to support the show and like they just want to like they want to do this they want to 
you know, pay money for me to then be able to put in more effort and to be more connected with them. Like I have a discord chat with over a hundred people now that are in the show and I would like, I'm chatting to them. Messages are popping up right now. Like we have a discord chat. It's called Dylan best friends and there's memberships and like, man, it, it, it's unbelievable. Like this shit that we've got, I'm just going through it now. Like we've got a general discussion where we just talk about shit, like just anything, ideas and feedback like the amount of reviews and stuff people give me in here and they say oh i reckon do this and do that and um, <laughs> so <thanks> memes <laughs> yeah memes and tiktok mental health mottos and quotes films and series music gaming dogs and cats super coach so like you know this oh, everyone's posting in like their dogs and we're just like talking about dogs and music and mate the other day when we went into lockdown you know i was feeling pretty shit about it and someone uh one of the kids um, sending a message saying like, Hey, just hope everyone's going all right. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like you guys are helping me out more than I'm helping you. Like we're in a yeah. community together, but like, we're fucking like, you know, if anyone needs anything, just reach out. And I'm just like, what the fuck? How yeah. is this? You know, like, how are you doing this? Like, it's unbelievable. Like, you, you know, like, self-sustaining community like, where you don't even yeah, have to be there. Like, and they're just helping it's not out. even me. They're supporting each other. Like, it's like we're together in the community and I'm there, but like, we're all, doing shit you know like we're all sending in our favorite quotes we're all sending in our favorite videos and youtube like manifestation videos i'm a i'm a sucker for that shit you know i've watched jim carrey driving down all that stuff like a million times and like i send all that stuff in and yeah it's fucking pretty cool man like i'll be honest i think that's taken it to the next level for me and it's just so much fun being able to interact with people and um and yeah it's been cool it's always it's weird asking for money though, isn't it? On that on it that is, sense, and it's it like, is. but we've had people hit us up too. It's like, how can we support you? How can we give you like? And you don't realize like, Literally, how do how I we... set this up to make it not wanky and whatever? But at the end of the day, people just want to be involved in the community, and they know that you know it's a it's a career thing, and they just want to support you and keep things going. But it's hard to wrap that around in your head, I think, at the start, and then like like once you said like you've got the community set up now and it's sort of self-sustaining. You don't have to be there. You can just talk shit and other people are just around each other. And it's a good way to do it. I'm glad that you're on discord too. Cause I feel like a lot of people do like, is it Facebook? Do you have a Facebook group as well? No, we don't have a Facebook group. It's discord. Like I had no idea what it was to be honest. And like, to be honest, the community was like, you've got to set one up. You've got to set one up. So we got that going, but also in the Patreon, like after each episode, um, we record like a bonus Q and A with the guests. So say like a Dylan Alcott, then like I'll post in going, Hey guys, got Dylan Alcott. Who's got questions. And like Jimmy will be like, Hey mate, I want to know this. And then I'll be like to Dill, Hey mate, Dylan, best friends, Jimmy from the community wants to know this and like yeah, ask the question for them. Um, and then also Sam and I, like my co-producer after every show. Now we do like a deal brief, a debrief of the episode. So I know when I was listening to one of your shows, I think you guys do this as well. In your, in your snacks, but you basically sort of debrief the episode that you had and you sort of give your opinion on it. Like, because that's such an interesting time. I found sitting down after a show, like a guest leaves and you just go, oh my God, what the fuck? Like, what just happened? Like, oh my God, like that was cool. Oh, I thought I was going to ask this and we're going to go down this rabbit hole, but it actually didn't go that well. But then we mentioned this and it went really well. And you sort of like do a bit of a debrief on it. And so that's a podcast that we put in there as well. Um, and just other content, like put as much content there as I can. I think if you're asking for money, obviously, like I, I'm going to be giving you so much. I'm trying to give you so much more value than that's actually worth. 
Um, yeah. So I'm hoping, like, I'm not, I'd never like ask for money for nothing, you know, like it's, it is something. But like you said, I think the younger generation now that have grown up with YouTube and, and Discord and Twitch, they watch people do gaming and this is a, this is actually a thing. Like, mm. you know, it's not weird, um, even though it does feel weird. It's actually in the US, you know, this is, this is really common. Um, it's just not common here. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. And that, and that's why it's hard too, because when you're on the sort of the first wave of something new, it's like, there's no real blueprint to, to doing what you're doing. You're sort of learning as you go. So mm. you're kind of like the explorer figuring, figuring all this shit out and going, fuck is, how do we do this? What? And I suppose that sort of adds to the excitement and the sexiness of doing something yourself, isn't it? Oh, for sure. For sure. I think it's, it's a massive part of, of it. And I love, you know, I think there's a beauty of, really going headfirst into things but i think that the earlier you can get on something as well is obviously key you know like if i'd started dylan friends this year would it be what it is now probably not like because when i first started podcasting it wasn't it wasn't even a thing i had to like teach people how to download the podcast app on their phone so i think with the patreon thing i was like oh look i can wait another 12 months for this but i was like well, why not just fucking start building it now so that in 12 months time i've got 12 months worth of content on the patreon you know even if someone doesn't build, even if someone doesn't go even if someone doesn't even apply to it at least in 12 months time if one person goes oh, okay i'll check this out then they'll have a year's worth of content there mm. um and that's why we ended up doing it and yeah like if, if you guys are ever thinking about it, i think it's something definitely that you should look into doing um and not so much for the, and obviously, you know, it's an income. You've got to make money to do a job. That's just how life works. But the community side of things and actually being able to cater to your guests, um, uh, sorry, to your, you know, the fans of the show and what they want and actually hearing from them, connecting with them. You know, we do live chats. I had four people on live chat last night and went through and chatted to, you know, one four people for like 15 minutes each, but that was live for like the whole community. Um and just to see the faces and like how much they actually like appreciate the show, like asking what their favorite episode was. And it just like gives me so much fucking more like drive, you know, like it just mm. it really it pumps me up. Just being like, Oh my God, people actually like this. Like how the fuck can I not work hard? You know, how can I not do this? Yeah, I, how can, how can I not be accountable to pump more shit out? Yeah, Everyone's yeah, here to yeah. see me, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you know, we felt that a bit because we, we made the decision between um, – so Hamish is a, a, one of our best mates who pumps out content on our Twitch channel. He's got a Discord going for, for that, and that's really starting to ramp up. And he does an amazing job of, like, the whole nurturing the community, people feeling like they're a part of something, they're contributing, they're part of something bigger, they care about each other, they check in on each other. And spending time in that Discord, I can't believe just the, the, shit that, the same shit you're talking about. Like, people reaching out to people, hey, I've – when going through this stuff, a lot of people he plays um, FIFA and shit. So people are over in the UK, like, oh, I've got COVID, and all people like send him, send him love, and I oh, hope, you, hope you're all good, checking in. Hey, you're still going okay? Or digital communities, man, that's it's, where it's at. Well, we, for our podcast, we went with Slack, so we got a Slack group that we set yep. up, and we probably haven't been given as much love as we should over the last little bit. But getting, we had like a share your story section, and it was pretty much all the same sort of categories you had going on there, and hearing people tell like. The types of people are like, fuck, these are the types of cats that listen to our podcast. They come in, they're like giving their spiel on what they do and how they can help. It's a good and feedback loop too and helps you dictate how you want to do the podcast. And like you said, it's all about the people. So it's like if you can really nut out what they want and what they're interested in, you're just catering to who listens, aren't you? I, I like, 
and just shut me down if this is not an idea. But I just like love, I just get ideas. Okay, I've always idea. So your your podcast now is like a business podcast, right? It's not business, it's interviewee, but it's like entrepreneurial stories and stuff. Why don't you like then create like a networking group that people can then like offer to like mentor and relationships with like all the guests that you've had, then you can like create a network that it's like a, a networking group, you know, it's like a business discord that you get all your guests into and maybe people that are in your community to then go, Hey, you know, I've got this opportunity. Is anyone looking to do something? It's like, it's like a, it's like a LinkedIn private community sort of thing. I don't know. I just no, like, I like that. this shit. You're, you're on yeah. the money. That's pretty much what we've got going on our, on our Slack group. So we've got all the... Slack is this. so fucking weird, man. See, I couldn't join that. I don't get it. I've tried so hard to... I do not understand how. It's exactly the Slack. same. You're right. I can't work it out. It's I cannot work thing. it out. Uh, I'm just used to it because we use it all like all day, every day for work. Every company I ever go in and work, do stuff with. Like Slack's tech companies. They just It's like their internal messenger board. That's it. Yeah. Okay. It's the same as I'll have to go Discord, back on but... It's slightly more. Um, I can't pay you over Slack. No, you, oh, no, you don't. You don't get. You don't get paid through Discord though. Discord is a. Um, Discord is one of the. Yeah, it's one of the things that. So like when people join up to the Patreon, we give them a one-time use code, to then join into the Discord group. Oh, okay. Yeah. They get like a lock. Yeah. Is it one of you got like a lock channel or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. So you're like, it's a private um, Discord chat. So like a private Slack group. Yeah. And then, you know, all the content lives on the Patreon, but then the chat room is in the Discord. Yeah, yeah. I like I that. that. Well, I'm thinking, yeah, for the networking stuff, we're thinking about having a first birthday party in April and we were thinking like a dress up at some like rooftop bar or whatever. But that in, in a sense is getting sort of people in the same room and and, and we want to build out. We've yeah. got a few events coming up at the moment. We were lucky enough to um, work closely with Jaden and Dan at Unified Music Group. And mm-hmm. so we're, we're in a unique space where we're in the, arts and entertainment sort of arena but we're come from a sporty sort of business background so it's interesting the opportunities are a bit weird at the moment aren't they yeah because we're trying we, we purposely put ourselves as a business podcast but it's business podcasts are fucking boring and business is boring and it's hard to get well business is sexy now but only when it's talked about and discussed in a way that you can actually get people relate engaged to, yeah. relate to mm. and interested in like we're i consume so much content like i went down the gary v path and we're down so much stuff like two years i books everything books, i was i was fucking insane and i listened and consumed so much stuff and i but i was like force feeding myself i didn't enjoy listening to all of it but i just mm. did it and then when we got to do our stuff we're like well we can sort of create this in a way that we know that people our age like you mentioned before um advertisers are going to respect the fact that people are listening to long form long form pieces of content like average attention spans eight seconds but we're putting out over 60 minutes of podcasts and people listening all the way through yeah and you're like the power that has and then you're amplifying that by getting like yourself amazing guests talking about incredible stories and experiences that they've had and you're providing that as a free piece of content for everyone to consume and listen to it's like i I, i'm with you on that there's no short-term win in that but the long-term play is you're creating something that can last forever. It's something that can build the foundations to set your life up, to set the next stage of your life and career up for the future. And it, we're just pumped. I'm seeing that exactly after, to, I'm so pumped that we've been able to sit down and meet you and have a mm-hmm. chat, but I'm excited for what, for both for, well, the three of us here sitting here. Like there's so much shit can happen over the next few years and seeing things fall out, like Facebook falling over and news has been mm-hmm. fucked. And like, mm-hmm. I think that, people now who are independent publishers of their own content are in the prime position to move the next wave of content creation or content consumption over the next 10 years. 
and we've got a platform so fucking suck it up <laughs> yeah i know i know how good is that it's it's unbelievable you look at you know like all the all the old heads i suppose you know in traditional media and they're like oh you know these kids they're stupid with their podcasting and their blogs and their discord chat rooms but yeah fuck you know like I was, I would have been the same man before I discovered all this stuff. I would have been like, oh, I'm not doing a podcast. What, a, what sort of loser would do that? But like, oh well, like I'm here now, and you sort of, you're so blessed that you've been able to fall into something like this. But no, nah, you're right, boys. I, I think that you guys, you know, you're obviously in an awesome spot. Um, I have massive, massive respect for everything that you're doing because I know that, um, not that it's early in, you know, you, you guys have been doing this for a long time, but it's still so early in both of our journeys and i know how hard it is like i know how fucking hard it is but you just got to know at the end of the day and i'm saying this to both of us um that it is it is going to work you know you just got to build your catalog get fucking 200 podcasts in your in your in your network because at the end of the day when you have your big break and someone discovers it and say you know someone really discovers it and it blows up then someone goes oh my god this guy's got 200 episodes here I'm going to go back and listen to every single one of them. And guess what? Every single one of those podcasts is going to be, you know, with a new thing, it's going to be making money too. And it's also going to be having impact on those people because it's timeless content and it's not going anywhere. So um, I think business point of view, it's building that catalog with good content. You know, I'm always big on um, Gary V. I know he doesn't agree with this. Well, actually, no, Gary V. Have you heard that one where he says about content? He's like, Someone says, what's better, like good content or more content? And he goes, more content. And he's like, why? He goes, well, good content is subjective. Like you might like one of my episodes, but hate the other one. And someone might like hate that one, like the other one. So he's so right in terms of you just got to get more out there because even though not everyone will like it, someone will connect to different ones, you know, throughout it. Um, which I, I've probably taken into the show sort of this year. And I, I'm always trying to diversify and get different guests, but have the same structure. Mm, I like that. Yeah. No, I like that. He, he's a, he's an interesting one, Gary, Gary V. Like, um, like we said earlier, I think he's a good gateway drug. And then you find like, did you ever go down the Ty Lopez rabbit? Have you seen that dude on YouTube? No. He's no. just, oh, he's selling Obviously. everything. He's like, I'm, I've got my Ferrari on there, my big pool, and it's just wank central. Oh, yeah, no, I don't like that. I can't, I can't stand people like no, that who just that. sort of get rich like this and all that sort of stuff. But you've got to, it, you've got to develop your own yeah. ideologies and stuff. You just, yeah. you know, what works for you. Like, don't get me wrong, I don't, we laugh about Gary Vee. I love his stuff, but there's some shit I'd be like, I'd never fucking do that. You know, like, oh, as I said before, I'm, I'm not big on oversharing, but I understand as well that you've got to, you know, demand supply the demand if there's people there that want to listen you got to feed them otherwise they're not gonna they're not gonna want to keep coming back i love that i, I do like that. gary v though yeah. I, I do i I've, I've, i'm i'm a bit the same as you do like i, I like him I don't, I don't like all the shit he says and i think that sometimes he's he simply oversimplifies things like you mentioned before like just quit, hard yeah. just quit your job and move whatever all right well okay, i'm 45 good. years old i've got a yeah. I'm, I'm married with three kids i've got a mortgage <laughs> yeah. just quit your sell job, your kids you know? sell your kids yeah <laughs> sell your kids man fuck it yeah okay man no worries that's all good yeah, i'll do that i'll tell me why what, what is she gonna say huh? it's good at just about like picking different things and like different parts of advice and and i reckon it's good to have diverse advice as well from people like you said that might not swim in similar circles from other areas that might not even be what you do, but it's just a different perspective on things. And I feel like it helps you understand and, and push forward and, and accommodate in a better life. Yeah, for sure. I think it's, you're so right. And 
And one thing I wouldn't, um, I love as well that I've really learned over the over the years, is as a young guy, you, and I don't know if you guys are the same as me in this aspect, but you just sometimes you think, nah, fuck it, I'm the, I know it all. Like you know, I'm, I'm the man. No one can tell me any different. But there is such a a beauty in like respecting elders and people that have been through it before and like the amount that you can learn from someone that's older than you yeah it might be a total different story but like they've lived more years than you they've been through more shit they know all these things like yes you might be able to teach them something you know new but they can teach you shit that's like that you're going to go through as well so I always try and I, I think that having mentors that have had um you know different journeys and ups and downs are are really important and as i said with mentors earlier i don't have one i have about 30 and they're unofficial people and they're not po- some aren't positive mentors like some aren't some of my mentors don't teach me what to do they teach me what not to do like i've got a lot of mentors that i go fuck i'm not doing that like, that is terrible but it's still a mentor you know because i'm like learning from it um yeah. and i think people you can everyone right now probably picks into your head you probably got both someone in your life that has an influence on you but you've got to think is that influence actually positive or negative and am i going the positive way or i identifying that like hey i'll learn from this person and what they've fucked up um because i think like yeah you can learn from a lot of people's mistakes for sure definitely i like that don't have to tread down the same path if uh if you know there's piranhas in the water don't get in you know yeah, learn from yeah. Someone's someone's done everything before us, that's for sure. And the answers are out there. Just how hard you want to look. Oh, I fucking love that. Well, mate, thank you so much for jumping on. You are the fucking man. It's been so good to have a chat, get to properly meet you, and uh, yeah, shoot shoot the shit. Yeah, hear about your story. Yeah, for sure, boys. We'll have to um we'll have to catch up over a few beers soon, and when um when COVID's done, and no, I'm sure you guys are destined for some really good things. I, I think you know, as I said, I respect. The hustle i've really seen a lot of your content flying through linkedin i'm not sure if you're fucking targeting ads at me or what but it's just there it's like incredibly good you have great graphics um i love the the niche of the show i think there's a real opening for it um so i'm a massive fan and would love to yeah stay in touch and hopefully we can we can do some things in the future Fuck. Stop saying, stop oh, saying no. nice things about we us, love- mate. we're meant to be saying nice things about yeah. you yeah we love compliments though they're fucking good aren't they they're <laughs> good Oh, he's just, he was, that conversation could have gone for, for ages. Can't it talk. actually, it actually did though. And then we just, we click stop. We didn't record it, but there was something said that we couldn't really say. So, um, probably a good thing, but, um, yeah, what a nice dude. I feel like, yeah, there's definitely a round two on the cards sometime soon. Surely. Surely. Hey, if you're new to the pod and you're listening today, we drop guest episodes every Monday and Thursday and three times a week, we drop out snacks, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. So if you do like what you hear and hit that subscribe button and we got new episodes coming your way all the time. Oh, almost too much. We're saturating the market, baby. We're just flooding, flooding you with shit. <laughs>